welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. Thank you, sir. Very good to be here on this beautiful podcast day. It's the same temperature as always on this podcast environment. It's always kind of spacey in the podcast (laughs) day. It really uh, is. Yes, it, it is. is. You just heard quite recently yes. that Turner and Hooch is not getting picked up again, the show that you uh, produce and direct on. I know. What? I know. It's what? sad. We just Come heard on. officially last night. Yeah, Turner and Hooch on Disney Plus. We made 12 episodes last year. They decided to go a different direction. I mean, I think the reason I was really, I'm sad about that because if, yeah. if anybody has seen the show, it's a really, it's a good show. It's a, it's a good, good show. show. It's good for adults and kids. And yeah. it's got a little something for everybody. It's funny. It's charming. It's heartwarming. Mm-hmm. The dogs are awesome. Yeah. And uh, I think the reason that it got canceled is, you know, when there's an executive change at a company, like the, the head of the, the uh, CEO or whatever, yes. you know, they, they want to do their yeah. own thing. They want to not, yeah. not follow the old regimes um, you know lead that's happened at at disney recently there's been a big upheaval with executives and i'm guessing the reason that uh the show didn't get more episodes is that they just wanted to do something that was their development and their creative vision but it's it's too bad because people i feel like people really like the show i do know that people really like the show definitely we've had a lot of people talk about that show so my question to you is this sometimes shows find another life elsewhere could they go to netflix could they go to hulu could they go somewhere else yes i i don't think in this case because it's a franchise the turner and hooch movie with tom hanks was a disney franchise and i think so it's if, already a disney property yeah it, I can't, think if, it can't go elsewhere then i don't ah. think so i would be shocked on this one you know mm. Origi- original shows that you know are created from scratch um, sometimes do that, but I don't think something like this would, where it's a, a a brand that Disney is so, you know, so tied to. I, I don't think so. It's too bad. It's sad. It is. But you know what? It also, this is almost, it's not a le- life lesson, but it's definitely perspective wise. If you compare what we were able to do with Voyager, mm-hmm. we lasted seven years which is eternity in hollywood it seems you know to be able to get a show that lasts that long because turner and hooch was a good show Mm -hmm. so in all estimations it should have continued past but then of course regime changes oftentimes mean certain shows even though they're good will get the axe and that's what happened to turner and hooch yeah that's a sad sad day yeah sad week yeah, yeah, it's too. It, it is. It's sad. And Josh Peck and Vanessa Lenji's Lindsay Vanseka. Uh, it, it just was a great cast. It was a really good cast. And uh, too bad. Oh well. Yeah, it is. Too oh well. Bad. I guess All I'll right. have more time to mountain bike. You will. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to go mountain biking I'm just more. Thinking about we should all you, me, and Picardo should mountain bike together. <laughs> We should do it. Yeah. And let him okay. fall down and <laughs> that, his... that's why we need to go with him. He won't yes. fall. Yes. <laughs> We're with him. We'll help him. Yes. All right. Are you ready to review or go watch this week's episode? Yes. Uh, this week's episode is Waking Moments. Waking Moments. Yes. Interesting. Waking Moments. Okay. 
yes, I am excited to go watch the next episode. Here we are, season four. We're deep into it now. We're like halfway into season four. I can't believe episode it. 13. Okay, so let's go watch this episode. Let's do. I'm excited about it. Me too. And for our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Ravi and I are back from watching Waking Moment. Yes, we are. We're awake. Wow. Wow. You were that kind was, of right on the money, I, actually. I can't believe it. <laughs> what? But where was my, my where yeah. was my nightmare of, of of the I guess that's not the episode. I had thought that maybe this was where, you know, we yeah. got burned and no had a makeup thing, it. but this was not it. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but that did happen to you, but not in this episode. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I did too. It kept me engaged. So let's just start off with uh, our typical starting point, which yes. is our poetry synopsis. So I will begin with my haiku, and you will follow with your limerick. Yes, I will, with my limerick. With your and Rebecca's limerick. Okay, here we go. So waking moments, haiku. The crew can't wake up. Chakotay works with doctor. Animazine. Yay! <laughs> That's funny. Okay. That's good. I, I wrote that to make you laugh, actually. Yeah. But you know what? If I write, and it was in the injection stuff, then you're going to say, that's kind of funny. And you did. So. And I did. I like yeah. that you got yay in there. I got there. yay in there. Yeah. All right. Because <laughs> I was going to say, and limousine helps, but it's just so anticlimactic. You no, know, you need yay. something like, yay. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Okay. That was funny. Great. All right. Props Let's on that. It. Okay. Here we go yeah. with a limerick, mm. the classic Delta Flyers limerick. Yeah, for waking moments. Let's go. When Tuvok shows up on the bridge, he is naked. The crew is asleep and their dreams are invaded. <laughs> Chakotay goes down, aliens asleep on the ground. Now the crew is permanently awakened. Ah, good. Yeah, yeah. You, st you started your limerick with the Tuvok naked one, which is I interesting. I, had to get, I like that. I had to get that out there quick. Yes. Huh. Okay. It is the it is uh, the high point of the episode. <laughs> really? Are you gonna say well, that's the high point of it? No, okay. I, I was trying to I, make a I, double I, entendre of some sort, okay. but it didn't really work. Yes. Now you know, I I just have to say, starting off the very beginning of this, this is a very apropos episode to watch right now. And I'm going to be giving away how the sausage is made a little bit here because we are recording this the day before Halloween. And it's a very spooky beginning to this episode. It's kind of yes, like it is. It's like a horror movie, really, yeah. especially with that dream sequence where Janeway walks in to the mess hall and sees all the desiccated bodies of the oh, Starfleet yeah, the crew members, zombie right? mummies. And, yes, and the, and mummified the, people. Mummified I, people with the with the spider webs all over them. Yes. Yeah, yeah yes, you're right. It's yes, like a Halloween yes. moment. Very much so. I thought, wow, this episode comes at the perfect time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. Uh, mm -hmm. Waking Moments was directed by Alex Singer. Yes, it was. Alex we love Singer. Alex. <clears throat> and written by Andre Bormanis. I don't remember. I didn't Andre Bormanis writing an episode. I, I didn't either. He is our science consultant. Yeah. Right. He's also, he was also your science or, or wasn't he your, wasn't he the consultant? He was on, on the Orville. Oh, the Orville, right? Yep. He came on the set that day that I came to visit you and he mm -hmm. came to say hi to me there. 
but I don't recall him being the, you know, the writer. writer. It's not story by Andre Bormanis. It's written by him. So so he came up with the story and wrote the script as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Impressive. Yeah, very impressive. I didn't remember Andre writing a script. I wouldn't have remembered that off the top of my head. But once I saw that he had written this, I Mm. do remember back when we got the scripts and his name was on it, we were like, oh, I do remember... We, all of us being a little excited, like, oh, okay. he's gotten an he's gotten an episode. That's kind of yeah. cool. Like we knew he was a part of the family, but you know, he was not someone who wrote episodes. That was not huh. his normal day job. Okay. So yeah, definitely yeah. not. And so you remember us reacting 25 years ago, yeah, the same way we just reacted just now after like, realizing oh, wow. it was him. Oh, oh hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good for Andre. The first shot we see is in a hallway, and Harry's walking down the hallway. Look at the pep in my step. You had Ma- a pep. Megan was like, look at the swag that you, I mean, what mm-hmm. was that? What was that? I was almost like a cartoon character just coming down the hallway like that. That's crazy. You were, you, you had pep in your step, a lot of oh. confidence, a lot of self-esteem. Yeah. You're coming yes. down the hall and seven pops in. Hey, she needs you really bad. She you needs know? me to go help out or check something out in the Jeffrey's tube. Right. And yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's strange. Right. Right. When that scene comes on, Megan goes, is this where the elbow story took place? And are you familiar with that? Yes. Yeah. So no, I don't think it is because we start from position one and we walk all the way down the corridor when the elbow story happens. So this, in this entry, this opening scene, she, she sort of, you know, pops in off of a side. I don't know what that is a side corridor where she sees me and comes up to me. So I don't think this is the elbow scene, but funny though, that she brought that up. Yeah. Okay. So seven pops in and she needs you to help out in a Jeffrey's tube to take a look at something and already my radar was up. I'm like, uh, something's weird on. about this. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you guys I, take off. You're like, okay, I'll come yeah. with you. And we go to Tuvok waking up and he was shirtless. I noticed that right away. And I was like, that's weird. Cause we never, I don't think we ever had seen Tim Russ shirtless before. And I, that's something that I wrote down as well. Yes. Tuvok shirtless was shocking to me. I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that. I mean, no, you know where we're headed in a few minutes. Uh, yeah, I it do makes remember sense later. Yeah, yeah. There's a payoff. But when, eventually. Exactly. <laughs> but it made me think, you know, it was very rare that we saw our characters, the men top, you know, without a shirt on or mm-hmm. it was just very rare. And so it, it, it definitely jumped out at me. Do you recall ever in the seven years of shooting where they asked you if you would take your shirt off in a scene? No, no? I just, I just remember okay. that one costume that they okay. put in my, in my trailer. And I walked on the stage with the, the <laughs> nice satin straps and the little velour camisole top. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like you, you I, look like a beautiful debutante is what you I look really like did. I was like, that. I am not wearing this. Give me a t-shirt. I am not wearing this. Yes. Uh, it's you, the only you're... time I, I cared. It just didn't feel like Tom. Tom it wasn't never... Tom. No. Not in a million years, you know, no. and, and I, I already had a little bit of issue with your purple pajamas, but it's not as bad as that, you know, that thing yes. that you almost wore that, that creation, that wardrobe creation. Yes. I, I, I asked you that question because I do recall having a conversation with Robert Beltran uh, during a specific episode where production says, we want you with your shirt off mm. in this scene. And he said, no. And they said, okay. So they, they didn't, they did not push the issue. Insist on that. Yeah. yeah. No, they gave him a tank top. So 
there you go. Yeah, I don't think uh, we were rarely asked, male or female, that mm -hmm. I can recall to, um, you know, show skin. It just was not, it was not an no. important part of storytelling, which to no. me was fine. I right. Didn't, didn't feel like it needed to be for our show. So, But when it comes to the men on the show, Tuvok maintained a good fighting weight the entire seven years. Tim Russ did. Yeah. I shouldn't say Tuvok. He really stayed in shape because mm -hmm. this is the time, season four, this is, the, this is the about the time where we are all visiting craft service, grabbing a Kit, car, Kit Kat bar here, a Twix bar there, and that adds up. And so our weight is now fluctuating towards the plus side at this point, uh, which is going to be a setup for a later episode where we see dialogue, which talks about our weight. It's coming up pretty they soon. They actually wrote it in. I do remember They wrote that. it in. They yeah. wrote it in. They actually called, the writers called us out on it. Um, yeah. So I, I, I do notice that, I mean, of, of all the characters to be shirtless, Tim Russ was the a logical yeah. choice because yeah. he was in the best shape. And oh, so the women clearly, all stayed in shape, honestly. It was just the guys. Yeah, they didn't like, just the guys. It Kate, was the Kate guys stayed in great shape and uh Jerry Roxanne. Ryan, Roxanne. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, the the uh the scene with him we liked uh, our snacks, <laughs> yeah. the boys. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Tim wakes oh, up, yeah. yeah Tim Russ wakes up shirtless, and that that jumped out. I mean, then we go to the mess mm. hall and yeah. Janeway comes in and says, uh, you know, light, computer lights on. Yeah. And no one's there. And so that's kind of creepy. And then we cut to a shuttle. Yeah. There's a lot of intercutting in this opening teaser sequence. They're going back and forth between all these stories. So we go to Janeway. That's right. Mess hall. Nobody's there. That's right. And then we go to Tom. He's in the shuttle. Yeah. And he says, I need a few more minutes to get all these readings. Yeah. And then we, then we come back in the hall again and there's Tuvok walking down the hall, but this is maybe the tightest close up I have ever seen on our show. It was, it was a close-up of what? Tuvok. He was walking down the hall and it was a really tight close-up. And a uh, ECU, just, an extreme close-up of Tuvok's close -up face? Of, yeah, huh. I, it was, it was just, I, I, it, it surprised me because we never went that tight on close-ups. And it was, yeah. like, and it was a moving close-up of him walking down the hall. So clearly it was supposed to be a scary, you know, we're in a sequence that's supposed to be kind of scary and creepy and weird. Yeah. Then we go back to the mess hall and Neelix appears. And my first note here was he's acting like a zombie. Like his performance is like, hello, Captain. Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> it was but weird. It, was cre it, was, it wasn't weird. It was creepy. It, it was, was creepy. horror movie creepy to me yes. at that point. Right. Walk with me, Captain. Yeah. And then Come he walks here. Her, and yeah. then he says, it turns, he turns on the lights in the corner of the mess hall. And all of a sudden you get the scare reveal of the zombies. The, yeah the crew members who have been mummified and and spider webs cobwebs hanging off of them yeah they're, yeah. they're dead clearly and, and, and janeway sort of gasps as she sees yeah. them um yeah. and then and then we go on to the bridge and uh tuvok walks onto the bridge and he's naked yeah and everybody's there but we're all sort of lounging in a very odd little grouping like we're all sort of a weird clump, a weird clump of us. And I remember filming this scene where he walks out naked and we all start laughing. Yes. I remember for multiple reasons. The first reason is when you put us all in a scene like this, there were so many jokes flying back and forth <laughs> that like on the group shot, it was hard to get a take where nobody threw in a, uh, you know, some wisecracker. Oh uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the other reason is this is the scene where Tim came out and he had stuffed his pants or something. Didn't he try to crack us up? 
Yeah, this is. Were you in this? This is the scene. Yeah, I was there. I'm watching. You're in this scene, right? I don't. I don't recall him doing this. And this story has been told over and over again. Oh, he did. He came out. Evidently, he came out. Wasn't he wearing? um skin colored tights for the bottoms like he yeah. wasn't really yeah that's right so so in those skin t- colored tights he had placed a very large um fake phallus essentially he'd so, taken like a know, bunch of socks a tube sock and stuffed it with no no that's things. what i did in the pilot i heard he actually had a a real you know a, something yeah, yeah made a very large and he phallic. did it when he was behind the camera and he didn't tell anybody and then he did it off camera so we were all uh, so yeah. i think in the cut is shots of us all laughing at yes that. i think that is that That's is why, what the, one reason so it was we a were, natural reaction then. yeah i think that we were, laughter was natural yes. reaction okay tuvok realizes he's naked you know yep. we never see him below the waist but the camera pulls back to reveal you know he's yeah. he's naked from the waist up, and everybody's laughing, and mm-hmm. uh, and so he uh, turns around and goes back in the turbo lift, and for the first time we see one of these aliens. That's right. So clearly something weird is going on. He sees mm-hmm. the alien. He he reacts, and then we go to uh, Janeway, who now is uh, still standing by the zombies, and she looks over to Neelix, and behind Neelix is one of these aliens. So now we realize all these all these scenes have aliens creeping around close by we go mm-hmm. to paris back in the turbo lift and an alien rises up in outer space in front of the windshield of the yeah. of the not the turbo uh, the uh, shuttle mm-hmm. that paris is flying and then we go to harry oh and i skipped over by the way this is the second time because harry's kissing seven right seven goes i don't really need help with work yeah and then, i skipped and then over you, yeah you skipped oh, over that I, one how part. could i skip over that how how robbie after the tuvok <laughs> close-up i skipped a note seven yeah you guys are in the jeffrey's tube yeah yeah and she and is I, staring I'm, hard hard at you <laughs> well because i'm down there like looking at her work and looking at my 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 tricorder and i'm like oh your calculations are right and she's giving me the eye and then of course she starts kissing me now what i don't recall i do yeah. remember the kissing scene but the, but basically it was a very long kissing scene because we cut back again and the smooching is even longer there's more of a uh a prolonged you know scene i just remember the scene with uh, one quick kiss and then i see the alien that's my memory right but in this you know in this intercut there's a lot of you know it's jumping back and forth you see harry kiss seven uh, se- excuse me seven kiss harry and then it cuts away we see the other people we see tuvok we see janeway and then it comes back and there's even more kissing and that's when when she backs off harry just has this look of total contentment and bliss and excitement and of course um that's when harry sees the alien i I was gonna say so we've seen tuvok see the alien we've seen paris see the alien we've seen janeway see the alien yeah we come back and harry's still kissing and then she steps away and he's in bliss for a moment he opens his eyes and then harry screams and i was like everybody else has seen the same alien nobody screamed like why is harry the only one who's going Because because he was in the midst of a beautiful moment with his dream girl, I guess, and so. she turns into a, an alien dude, and so that's why he screamed. And yeah, it's a loud scream. <laughs> it's a but, loud uh, scream. I did notice that your kissing with Jerry Ryan was much quieter. It was not the loud kissing that Tom and Bellana have. So, uh, <laughs> well, there was some sound because Megan made there? a joke about that. That I was going, uh, I was going, mm, mm, 
like in the first <laughs> shot of me kissing, I made this weird sound. What did you say it was like, Megan? You said it was. I said it was disgusting. She said it was disgusting. Whatever <laughs> sound that I made. So mm. now that was literally the only time that Harry kisses Seven, or there's any intimacy, is in a dream sequence in an episode, right? Because there is no. You can't even tell everybody about it later. Can't when they ask everybody. you, like, "What were you dreaming?" You're like, I, I, "No, never mind." I can't, I it go. was awkward, awkward, awkward. <laughs> but this was also funny because this was uh, when this episode aired primetime. We were filming. We were in the midst of filming, and Jerry Ryan was in her trailer with her young son Alex, who was probably five, maybe at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, and this episode aired on her TV television in the trailer and her son was watching the episode and the kissing scene came up and he, and Jerry told me that he would, he'd almost fallen asleep because we talk about Voyager being so comforting that you can fall asleep to it. He had almost fallen asleep. And then that scene popped up and he sees me or my character and his mom kissing. And he quickly wakes up. He's like, mommy kiss Gowett is what he said he Aww. flipped out he was like what like this was this was a huge thing in the world oh, of a five-year-old wow. to see you his traumatized mother. him i traumatized him because this is the first time he's seen another man kiss his mother so wow. um yeah so this was <laughs> this this scene has a lot of repercussions here yes it right. really i had no idea <laughs> yeah, really, i had, had no, idea. no right. idea okay let's move on so now we move on and i think harry gets the most dramatic wake up i'll, mm. I'll say that um yes. out of everybody and uh, the most dramatic reaction to the alien, that's what he gets. And then yes. he wakes up. Um, oh, no, I don't wake up. Remember? I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. No, no, no. no, no. You, that's have right. a, you have the most dramatic wake up. You're like, whoa, you sit up in your whole thing. Pretty right? good. Yeah, I liked but my wake up. But what is your nightmare, really? You're in a shuttle and things are going, what's happening? And you're, there's what, an what alien. In, I guess the alien is out in space and that should not, like, that wouldn't happen in real life. So it was like, William Shatner's Twilight Zone episode where he's on yes. the plane and he looks out and sees the oh, little gargoyle yeah. guy. And out there shouldn't there. be a gargoyle. There shouldn't on your be a gargoyle. No. 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 And there's a little gargoyle alien guy there. Okay. Okay. So, All right. So uh, the next scene is in Paris's quarters and Bellana comes in and and he wakes up and she's wondering like where have you been? We were supposed to meet for breakfast and yes. And, and he's kind of he's kind of you know he's overslept and. They basically talk about we've got to like make plans to see each other and yeah they talk about maybe Paris suggests why don't we go skiing uh, on the holiday yeah. tonight yeah. at St. Moritz uh, and she wants to go to Fiji or Samoa so they're they're having a yeah. classic couples like I like the mountains I like the beach your hair is darker in this episode did you notice that it's also longer or something yeah it's longer it's darker and in this scene with Torres this is the first time that we see her in that overcoat. Am I right? She's pregnant. She's right? preggers. Yeah. She's preg. She's compl- She's so pregnant. She's at this pregnant. Point. And I noticed and it in is... one of the wide shots, but you don't see her in yeah. a wide shot except oh. for one scene that I, I did catch for a moment. Yeah. But she's yeah. starting to show her pregnancy yeah. was starting to show. And so, yeah. and you can tell by the, the little overcoat with the tools yeah. and the, with in all the, the pockets. pens and little tools. Yes, yep. exactly. So mm-hmm. this was the overcoat on top of her Starfleet uniform that wardrobe came up with to basically hide her pregnant belly. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and of course the, the quickest way to hide a pregnant belly is never to shoot below <laughs> to keep, keep that camera lens pointed at her face. The entire yeah, time. close-ups yeah. only. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we start, uh, we start kissing and I made a note. It was loud kissing again, Tom and Bellana can't, <laughs> quiet kiss they just can't do it uh but they make a plan for friday night which is is kind of cute then we go to the mess hall Mm -hmm. 
And Paris is walking in, very tired, hair's still a mess, asks for some coffee. And Neelix is like, yeah, maybe you should have some eggs or something healthy. And then and you snap at him. I do. I you snap go, at him. You go, Neelix, you, you're kind Give of me coffee. And he hands me, hands me a cup uh, of what I think is coffee. Mm-hmm. And then Paris starts to walk away and he sips it and he goes, oh, and spits it back into the cup. Yeah. And then goes, Neelix, you gave me a steaming cup of cooking oil. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, you, drinking you must you need some sleep too. Yeah. I don't know what was in it. It probably was coffee or something. I doubt I doubt it was cooking. It was probably just water. Water, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't but, get but we realize that he's tired. He's he hasn't slept well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paris is not obviously not sleeping well. And Neelix says maybe it was those three full moons that we just passed. So you start to get a sense that something's going on in this part of space. Yeah. We go to the bridge. Janeway comes in and she's tired. She talks to Chakotay, my favorite moment in this, she sits down and uh, she said, yeah, I just couldn't sleep. And uh, I've just have been having the weirdest dreams. And he goes, yeah, me too. Yeah. And she looks at him with this like, like, you know, little mischievous smile. And she goes, yeah. well, you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. Yeah. I was like, what? This this was a JC moment, right? This here. Was, that's what I wrote down. Total <laughs> JC moment. I was like, you yeah. show me yours, I'll show you mine. But Paris is kind of eavesdropping and he's like, uh, yeah, he overhears this. By the way, Paris brings the coffee mug on the bridge. We see that yeah. in the background. You look at you. Never You're so casual. brought a, a, a snack, a refreshment <laughs> onto the bridge, but here I am walking in with a coffee mug. But we do realize in this bridge scene, they're all having nightmares. And then Jamie's like, where's Harry? Yeah. He's, like, mm, he's not here. He's not answering uh, his calls. So the uh, horror Jane, movie continues. Janeway's mm-hmm. like, come on, Tuvok. Let's go. Let's go check on him. They get in the turbo lift. Mm-hmm. And there's a funny scene. This scene in the turbo lift with Janeway and, and Tuvok was very funny to me. Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, so you're having bad dreams, too? And he's yeah. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm having some weird dreams. She's like, oh. <laughs> What happened in your dream? Oh, just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. It was really classic, was awkward, funny. funny. He doesn't want to, he says something like, well, uh, I, I, I went to, I went to the bridge, but then I had to go back to my quarters to get, <laughs> to get dressed. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't he, he talk about it being in the turbo lift and the alien follows him back? Does he talk about this in this point or not? Yeah, maybe. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Oh God, it was so funny. And she's like, what do you mean get dressed? Weren't, weren't yeah. you already dressed? She's yeah. Like, I prefer yeah. not to talk about not it. Talk about it. Yeah. I prefer that you didn't ask or something. Yes. Before the turbo lift on the bridge, Janeway talks about this is an alien that she has never seen this species before. Mm. And every time I see this species, I think of a prior episode where we already saw it does this look species. similar to this. He looks like someone that we've encountered before. But or I think the dinosaur head was a little higher and i don't know i yeah? think that i i'm sure they uh, must have if i okay i i feel like it's from the episode where yeah it's from the saurian dinosaur episode but it was when they were looking for us and they were at one of the uh trading outposts and they were talking with other yeah something like that where they were talking with other aliens mm. and you see other aliens in the background i almost feel like this this makeup was already used or something very similar to it so Okay, that's my note. Continue. Um, yeah, so they Janeway and Tuvok end up at Harry's quarters and ding dong and uh, yeah. door doesn't open. And so Tuvok, because he's security, he can just tell the computer, open this dang door. He, he, he just he opened does. it. 
<laughs> he yep. opens the door. Oh, yeah. And they go in and Harry's asleep. And, and Janeway says, uh, Ensign Kim, Ensign Kim, and you don't move. Yeah. And then she sort of she t- caresses your, she you, caresses. you know what I'm talking about? Yes. She's like, yes. Ensign Kim. Ensign, like, like a sweet was, little mom sort of, come on, baby. Little, little, I didn't baby. read it as that. I didn't read oh. it as sweet little mom. I read it as possibly like, oh, this is my boy toy on the side kind oh. of touch. It was a I little was like, like a oh. baby. Like she was doing. Oh, you like, got that? Okay. Like a little, oh, look at the little baby. Look at the little baby. Look at yeah. little Ferris Bueller. But it was a, it was okay. a. It was an odd little caress i thought it was i wrote that too yeah yeah and he won't wake up so uh no she calls sick bay and yeah. uh they're gonna bring harry in which we we cut to next yeah and the doctor basically kind of explains harry's state he's in a hyper rem state of sleep yeah deep sleep deep. and he can't they can't wake him up everything no. else seems to be normal though there's no yeah. other you know symptoms in his in his uh checkup that says yeah. anything's wrong it's just mm-hmm. he's He's totally asleep and we can't wake him up. Yeah. And the doctor suggests here, like, until we figure out what's going on, I suggest everybody stay awake. Don't yeah. fall asleep. That's right. It's like in a horror movie when they say, don't go in the house. And of course, <laughs> the teenagers go in the house. <laughs> because it's not just Harry who's in this hyper. Oh, yes. There's, there's, there's six about five. Yeah. Six. Five total. other people. Six. Yeah. Five mm-hmm. other crew members are out cold. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we, uh, we cut to the briefing room after this and everybody's trying mm-hmm. to figure out what's going on. And we learn here, six crew members can't wake up. Yeah, um, We're all sort of talking and assessing the situation. There's a shot of Bolana, where Paris sort of pops in almost like he was down below at her feet or something. Did you see that <laughs> shot? I was like, I pop in and I think I, look, I went back and looked at it. I was like, oh, I kind of came from the side, I guess. But the way it's the angle of the shot looks yes. like... Like, what was I doing down <laughs> by her knees or her feet? Because I sort of pop up and have a line. It was, it was an odd little shot, I thought. It made me laugh. I watched it twice, two or three yeah. times. It, but, and then, uh, you know, there, there is an implied dream that she went through too, right? But she never yeah. really talks about that. We right? never she know. doesn't talk. We don't know her dream. Uh-oh. We know. And then who else? Who, isn't there someone else that doesn't? No, everyone falls to this. Every crew member. Except Everybody for the doctor does. falls to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did notice in this scene in the briefing room that my skin color, my face makeup was much darker than normal. It almost looked mm-hmm. orange. Completely. And then when my hands, when my hands were, you know, crossed in front of me, you could see the difference in color between face oh. and hands. And I know that that's something that we dealt with a lot on Voyager in lots of episodes for all of us, because they did use pretty strong makeup not just on the prosthetic actors, but even on some of us. And the first thing that came to my mind in that scene where my face looked more orange is I thought, usually Tina did my makeup. Mm-hmm. Like for seven years, Tina, uh, one of our regular makeup artists, full-time makeup artists did my makeup. But every now and then, depending on what was happening in the trailer, or if she was, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, if she was sick, now rarely, someone else might do my makeup because it's pretty easy. You know, yep. you and I were pretty, very easy. Mm-hmm. And then my first thought was, I wonder if in this episode, some of these scenes I'm noticing darker and then lighter again, if there was some trade-off, like maybe Tina was doing something else yep. and I had to go have someone else do my makeup because it didn't look the same. 
I think that's exactly what happened. And that yeah. happened to me once on the episode Nightingale, which we have not reviewed, but that was not my regular makeup artist. Just a little detail, but it would happen on our show quite often. Not quite yeah. often, but you know, now and then. Now and then, yeah. So, oh, you didn't mention the the police sketch that you guys are coming up with. Yeah, the alien, co- right? we're coming up with a police ske- a sci-fi police sketch in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, computer, extend the eyes three centimeters. And yeah, they're just, you know, change the color, darken the color. And mm-hmm. uh, we come up with basically a, a sci-fi version of a police sketch that looks just like these aliens. Everyone agrees. <laughs> Chicote now explains about a lucid dreaming a technique that he's that he uses and maybe we can take control of the, these dreams mm-hmm. and you he says you know we could use the same technology that he uses for vision quest um so we've seen that before this little piece of tech that he uses that's in his right. medicine bag the other thing that came to mind in the scene i feel like i robert had a lot of lines and i he feel did. like i remember in this scene he was struggling i, I feel, <laughs> it just all of a sudden i had a flashback of like oh i feel like robert was getting frustrated in the scene because he had so many speeches and <laughs> struggling with his lines and he we kept having to like okay keep rolling go back and do it again and what's my line what is you remember those days when he would sometimes <laughs> he like get fr- <laughs> he'd get frustrated and get so mad he'd get really mad i think this was one of those scenes yeah, because the, it's the techno babble. He's this is not his preferred genre of acting yeah. at all. So he'd rather do Shakespeare, right? Yeah. So he he got mad in this scene. I I totally agree. He had and, a lot of big speeches, and I think mm. this was one where he was like, "Keep going, keep rolling." What is, what is it? A lot of curse words in there. Yes. Um, but in the end, Janeway says, "Okay, let's try this." And and he says in this lucid dreaming, he before he's he taps his hand. And that's how he can bring himself out of the dream. He can three times. Yeah, he'll have a visual aid to know that he's dreaming, which is the moon. Which, which is, is the, moon. the moon. Yeah, the, and the if moon. he sees the moon, he knows he's dreaming, and then he will tap his hand and he'll wake himself up. Right. So he sort of sets up the rules here of what he's going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And Janeway says, "Okay, you got to do it under the control of the doctor, though, under the yeah. supervision." Janeway says, "I will agree to this, but we have to monitor this. This has to happen in sickbay. The doctor mm-hmm. has to monitor mm-hmm. you. We don't want to lose you. You know, yep. like Harry." So, so we um, go to sick bay and the doc is getting him ready. And doc says, don't do this. You are going to, you know, I can't help you. Once you go in there, you are on your own. And Chakotay insists, I'm going to be fine. I can wake myself up. And the doctor's skeptical, but then Janeway walks over, leans down to Chakotay and she says, ready. And she looks at him with his eyes, pleasant dreams. Oh my God. I was like, Every really? JC shipper is like, ah, yeah, it was again. so, yeah, ready, pleasant <laughs> dream. It was, uh, it was a moment not, for me. I had oh a my god, this is not there. how every captain speaks to their commander. Their first <laughs> no, it's not. I don't think Patrick Stewart said <laughs> yeah. to, to Frakes to, to John the Frakes. Yeah, number one, number pleasant one, dream. pleasant dreams. Are you pleasant. ready? Yeah. Are you ready, Commander Riker? Mm. No, but, uh, that never happened. No, it would never happen. But, but he that's begin- a funny be- image, though. Yes, yeah, it's very funny. But he begins his, his vision quest dream, his lucid dreaming, and he finds himself in a hallway. Chakotay's walking down a hall, and he sees a deer. A deer runs by. Yeah. And, he pull- and he's got a spear. He has a Chakotay. spear. Yeah. So I guess that he's in happens. control of what props he has in his in his dream too but yeah, yeah i remember reading this and i remember hearing them talk about it but i didn't see them when they shot this but that would have been mm-hmm. cool 
cool to see a, a little baby deer yeah. on our stages. I yeah. don't know how they controlled that thing. I'm Definitely. sure they were kind of herding it from one part of the hallway to another. Mm-hmm. Then Chicote ends up chasing the deer into the mess hall. And then he sees, he looks out the, the window and he sees a big moon. So this is part of his lucid dreaming technique. Mm-hmm. Yep. He knows he's in a dream. And then the deer appears in the mess hall and morphs this weird morph into a into this alien. Yeah, he does. And by the way, whoever played that alien is super tall. Like I noticed it immediately. That would be Mark Coulson. That oh. is the actor. Yes, I made a note there. And he also began his entire acting career on a soap opera. Really? Similar to yourself. You started on soaps and a lot of other yes. actors started on soaps. He did Days of Our Lives. So that's oh. not the one you did, but he no, was on No, I did Days All My lives. Children. I was on All My Children back in mm-hmm. the uh, crazy 80s. And then he was on Days of Our Lives. That was it. So All My Children, the soap I did was a New York-based soap. Yes. New York, New York City. And then mm-hmm. uh, Days of Our Lives is a Los Angeles-based soap. So he was uh, doing that out there. Yes. And then he ended up teaching over at Michigan State University as a film and theater professor there. So oh, wow. that was later in his career. And but he's tall. He's very he's tall. T- he's very tall. Guy, I noticed yes. it on the morphing. And then so now we go into a fight with Chicote. And mm-hmm. by the way, we, you know, he morphs into the alien. It goes to commercial there. And then when it came back, there's this special shot down on the ground looking straight up like a huddle in a football game. Yes. The two of them locked in that uh, combat. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just want to make a note here that, you know, what popped in my mind is, oh, that's a special shot to transition into the the next act, you know, from a commercial Mm. back into our story. Mm -hmm. And they probably just did that for that one moment so they could come in on the on the beginning of that act. Yeah, But um, that's something that as a director uh, is very important to track. Like, what is my opening shot? How am I transitioning to the next scene? Mm-hmm. So I thought Alex Singer did a really nice job of opening that act with that combat sort of locked in, mm-hmm. you know, arm in arm there from that low angle. It was just a nice special shot that was a good transition in. So um, Yeah, and, and it works because the moment right before we go to break, the alien knocks away the spear and then starts menacingly approaching mm-hmm. Chakotay. And then we come back and they're already locked in that embrace. Yep. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have a brief fight. I didn't think it was the best fight. I got to be honest. It was awkward. It was I mean, an awkward fight. Awkward and I think, fight. And because he was so tall. I mean, Robert Beltran is a strapping man himself yeah. a specimen but yeah this was a very tall alien i just yeah, this I, was like a six foot four receiver wide receiver going up against a five foot nine cornerback kind yeah of thing, it just you know it didn't seem like they were well matched and then when chakote does get the upper hand and sort of holding him from behind it was an awkward shot because the alien seemed like a foot taller than chakote <laughs> and the alien was sort of looking sideways and wasn't even was talking to him for a long time in this sort of mm. locked moment. It just it looked like a prom picture with a short guy <laughs> taking the tall girl out on a date. It was uh, it was funny, but but the alien uh, says, "Look, you know, Chakotay says, uh, you know, just let us go. Let my wake my people up." Yeah, and the, the well, he says, "We didn't do anything to you, we right? Do anything we've done to nothing like, to you." Yeah, yeah, what do you what do you want? Yeah, and uh, the alien says, "You know, you try to destroy us in in in." in the unconscious in our dreams um so we have to protect ourselves here and yeah and he says just leave our space if you just leave you know uh 
the edge of our space, then your people will wake up. No big deal. Yeah. Just get out oh, of yeah. here. So Ch- Chicote says, you know, um, I will find you in the waking world if, if, if this isn't uh, true. And so we sort of see this, you know, Chicote seems to buy it, but he leaves a bit of a threat there. And then we go to sickbay and um, he wakes up in sickbay. Chicote uh, has tapped, I guess he's tapped his hand there and he wakes up and says there was, that was certainly one of the most interesting away missions I've ever been on. And then he says, I'll explain to you. Let's get to the bridge. I'll explain to you. And that's where we go to the bridge. While they're having that conversation, I just want to say, I want to make note that the alien refers to the waking species, which is like, oh, wow. I mean, and he's kind of generalized all waking species, everyone in the which waking species. Which is pretty species. much every other alien, every other ever alien race are, <laughs> yes. yes, in the waking you species. You guys are the weirdos that only seem to exist <laughs> in sleep. Okay, let's be honest. Yes. And I love the line where Chicote says, well, that was certainly one of the most interesting away missions I've ever been on. It's a great <laughs> line. That was a funny, funny line. Yeah. And uh, Janeway, Janeway's like, you know, what happened? And uh, and Chakotay says, "I'll t- let's head to the bridge. I'll tell you about it. We got to gotcha. get out, get out yeah. of their space." Okay. So after uh, he wakes up in sick bay, Chakotay uh, heads back to the bridge and explains to Janeway that he, in the dream, he, you know, met this alien talked with him, tells Janeway what's up. He says these aliens do have bodies somewhere, but that they communicate in their dreams. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Chakotay says something like, they're as real uh, as the waking world. Like in, in the dreams, everything that happens in the dreams is as real as the waking world. And, uh, and this guy told me, Janeway, he's like, uh, he says, Captain, you know, if we just leave their part of space, leave their world, then we should all wake up. And this is where Chakotay brings up the Aboriginal mythology. Um, uh, and he yeah. says, it's like uh, um, the Australian Aboriginals thought had a mythology where their ancestors dreamed the world into existence. Correct. Um, and that's where he's kind of relating it to the Aboriginal mythology of mm-hmm. dreams and consciousness and unconsciousness. I also, in this moment, was thinking about Carl Jung um, and his whole, um, uh, you know, universal unconscious theory, which is mm-hmm. the foundation of Jungian um, therapy and analysis, mm-hmm. that there is a true uh, universal unconscious that we're all a part of. Mm-hmm. And so we may think we're awake and this is reality, but really the unconscious, the universal unconscious is really the true reality, uh, sort of. Who uh, knew Carl Jung was a Borg? Hmm. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and this is also the scene on the bridge where Janeway says, sometimes first contact is yes. last contact. And that line in and of itself kind of cued me to like, Janeway would never say that. Like real Janeway would not say that. So this I, is right felt- after the first contact movie came out. I'm telling you, they were obsessed <laughs> with at first Paramount contact? Studios with the success. They were obsessed with the success of first contact feature. Okay. That's All why right. I believe now. Fair enough. That's why Seven of Nine was created for our show. That's why yeah. the board came in. That's yeah. my first contact. Okay. This is last contact. Uh, all right. All right. So that's what happens on on the bridge. Mm-hmm. We leave the bridge and go back to sick bay, mm-hmm. uh, and and Harry wakes up. Uh, we finally have left. Yes. We, right. We've left the the yes. aliens mm-hmm. space. We think mm-hmm. everything's good, and Harry. My good. note. My note in this wake up scene was. Yep. 
I was very satisfied with my acting performance. Usually I'm very critical. I woke that sort of groggy Harry Kim kind of wake up scene yeah. was on the money. I'm going to say I'm going to give myself a good 10 out of 10 in terms of acting chops in this one scene. I agree. I agree. I thought it was really well done. Honestly, yeah. it was okay. it was funny, awkward. Uh, oh, without, yeah. without being too over the top, it was it was great. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. the doctor and Seven, I thought were really yeah. like confused about what yeah. what why why are you so nervous of you know what's right. going on? But perfect but, timing because Seven's not there in the beginning. She, when the doctor yeah. asked, "Tell me about this. Tell me about your dream or tell me about your nightmare," I am being forthcoming. A forthright. You're about to, you're I'm about trying to, to tell him everything. Yeah. I'll spill the whole beans. And right when I when I'm about to give give away everything, that's when she comes in, and it's it's sort and of that she doesn't the remember. Shot. Yeah, she doesn't know anything about that. No, she doesn't remember but, it. And then you feel funny about it. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. The one note I made here. Is as you get up and pass behind seven, yes, I noticed an extra in the background, somebody wearing like a pink uniform or what was it pajamas in the sick bay scene? And maybe it's because there were six oh. people who were sleeping. Maybe the yes, idea they were was in their pajamas. They're in that pajamas. they were in their pajamas, but yeah. it was like the weirdest pink. It looked like it had flowers up here. I don't oh. know. It just was an odd, you know, choice. Yeah, right? sometimes yeah. I feel like. It just caught my eye. And I was like, what is that pink uniform? What is It's weird. Are you uh, okay with your purple nightgown or night uh, pajama top? Are you okay with that? Yeah, okay, okay, with, okay. with it. All right. I, it yeah. didn't have the satin straps and all. But, <laughs> you know, so I was a little disappointed, but. Uh, okay, good. Um, good. Anyway, we go to the mess hall. We mm-hmm. go to the mess hall. And this is where Neelix uh, is telling Balana about his dream. And I love this dialogue. Neelix says to Bolana, the next thing I know, I'm being boiled alive in a pot of my own Leola root stew. And Bolana goes, talk about a nightmare. And he goes, well, it was perfectly seasoned. It was perfectly yeah. seasoned. I love that the writers love just could not ever write a scene where they weren't making fun of his cooking. No, but I'm just going to say kudos to Andre Bormanis for this, for the comedy this scene here. that he wrote. Very Oh, fam, fabulous. There's some great, great one-liners in this. Okay, so Harry comes in and Balana is like, oh, Harry, you're awake. Um, great to have you back. Tell us all about your dream, Harry. And there's a little more awkward. He doesn't want to share. He basically, no. he just says, he, they say, who is in your dream? And he says, the woman of my dreams yes. is all he will give. He won't yeah. say who it was, but he says yeah. the woman of... And that smile you had, as you yeah. said, I'm going to keep the secret to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a big hit. The ship gets a big hit. But and... before the big hit is the the best line of all. Oh, what happened? Right. Torres saying, yeah, I wonder what a Vulcan. I mean, we're all giving Tuvok crap in this oh, scene. Yes, and right. then, then, you know, Harry's talking, laughing at Tuvok and then. Torres says, I wonder what a Vulcan nightmare would be like. And that's when you hear, uh, Tor- uh, sorry, uh, that's when you hear Neelix, Neelix say, alone, exiled on a planet where the only form of communication is laughter, which again, Andre Bormanis. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Funny lines. Now we're buffeted by mm-hmm. fire, uh, alien yep. ship fire, right? Yeah, big hit. The, you can feel the whole ship shake. We cut mm-hmm. to the bridge and the ship's under attack. I love this line on the bridge from Janeway. She says, you know, we seem to have a knack for provoking strangers these days. <laughs> I thought 
Yeah, that's pretty much all Star Trek, but definitely season four. We seem to just be like late season three into season yeah. four. We're just yes. provoking. We're like running up, you know, one after the other. We're just getting blown up by people. We don't even, we haven't even said hello yet. No. And they're shooting. We're, we, we're not the USS Voyager. We're the USS rub them the wrong way. Yes, is what exactly. we are. Oh my goodness. And then the alien appears on our view screen and he knows everybody's names. And he says, glad to see you're up and about. Mm-hmm. And Chakotay knows, you know, you yeah. lied to me. Yeah. And suddenly some of these aliens are beaming aboard. They've taken over control of the ship. Yeah. And we can't. They don't move. beam aboard. They just kind of. They cue. kind of appear. They kind of come in like cue. you does, yeah, right? They, they just in. snap in. Bling! Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so our crew is rounded up in, in cargo bay and Tuvok. Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure out what to do. Tuvok suggests a diversion. And Seven goes, I've got an idea. <laughs> she creates she a diversion. She oh just my God. Gra- she grabbed me like I was a, a, a rag doll, but she pulls me off the ground and slams me on the slams ground. Slams you right? to the ground. And then she picks me up, straightens and you're me like, up again. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. I'm creating a diversion. <laughs> and then she punches you. She no, back, she's, she remember what she said. She goes, Ensign Kim, you are the reason why we have been captured. And then smacks me across the face, which yeah. is probably the funniest scene that I've watched for Harry. I laughed my butt off and I'm sure you did too. It was very funny. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she's getting all the hits in and she's like, you should hit me back. And before you do, you get grabbed. So basically she got all the hits in. You didn't, I I wish that you could have gotten at least one hit in on seven. I would have liked to have seen Harry and seven go at it. I really would. (laughs) Yes. But in the scene, Chakotay realizes that this is a dream. Yeah, it's still a dream. He realizes that it's a dream. He sees a reflection of a moon yeah. uh, in, a, in a console. And so yeah. he taps his wrist and suddenly we're back in sick bay and he wakes yeah. up and he's really we awake. We assume that he's really awake. Right? Yes, we assume he's really yeah. awake. And the doctor says, everybody's asleep. They all have these identical uh, REM brainwave patterns, these neuro patterns. And they, just, they realize that everybody in the crew is dreaming the dreaming. same dream at the, the same, same time. Dream. They're all in sync. Yeah. And this is when we go to the bridge now mm-hmm. and Chakotay's there. Mm-hmm. And I love how he's like, excuse me, Tom. And he moves you over so, so gently. Yeah, he slides <laughs> my chair. Slide. You, need to get, you need to get to this console. And he slides my chair. And I just, I wish I had had some drool coming out of my mouth. I really did. It was, uh, Tom sleeping was funny. It was a funny bit. I, yeah, it was. I we go back to the cargo bay and Tuvok is explaining this collective unconscious idea. Seven brings it up, not Tuvok. Seven says it's collective unconsciousness. She's mm-hmm. the one that actually brings that up. Uh, and the discussion begins, you know, mm-hmm. that the Borg are, have a collective, a conscious collectiveness. And now we are in the midst of a collective unconsciousness. So mm-hmm. this like is the, the reverse of the Borg. Yeah, the reverse the of the Borg. Borg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made a note here about the, the Jungian concept of collective unconscious or yes. universal unconscious. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I thought, I, I really found this whole concept to be cool. By the way, I want to just pause in the pro- plot to say that one thing that I loved about this episode was that all of us are involved. Because yes. I, we talk yes. about this all the time. My mm-hmm. favorite episodes are the ones where it's not just about one character on some adventure, but it's really everybody has some investment and some connection. And so I just love this. So we're, we're in there. Um, Seven brings up the collective unconscious and Tom is not there, but then he arrives and <laughs> he's so proud when, as he arrives in this moment that he opened 
the the door he, he comes oh. over to the group and he goes hey i managed to open a jeffrey's tube hatch yeah and janeway <laughs> says good work like he opened a door he that so i just want to pause <laughs> did you feel say, like it was the teacher why... talking to the to the that, kindergarten kid yeah this is, is like you're... okay yeah this was like uh, a little boy coming up hey hey teacher i opened the door yeah and then she's a good boy good boy <laughs> good work tommy good, good work, work tommy boy <laughs> so i think that is that's just an example of why tom is a lieutenant and harry's not because tom can open a door uh <laughs> All so right. we'll these, these special skills like yeah. door opening yeah which i couldn't stop thinking about the rest of the episode of like hey just i opened imagining... the door <laughs> hey guys sorry when you said special skills i'm just imagining liam neeson going i have a very special set of skills yes. i can open doors i'm like oh okay <laughs> exactly thanks uh yeah so janeway's like good work and she's got the plan we're going to retake this ship we end up in engineering yeah. And Bellana's talking about how they're using this harmonic inversion technology. Yep. And she thinks she can override it and turn back on the warp core, get power. And all of a sudden there's a warp core breach starting. Yep. And everybody's got to get out of engineering. And then Janeway goes, you guys leave captain's orders. I'm staying. I'm yeah. So Tuvok and Torres say, yep. okay. And they leave. They leave. And then there's a, a big explosion, obviously a warp core breach. They can't mm -hmm. eject the warp core. It's not working. Right. The warp core explodes yeah. and doors open and she walks out fine. Yeah. And she's like, not, not even a hair out of place. No, doesn't hurt her at all. So Jane was like, we're still dreaming. This is not yeah. real. Right. Tuvok's really mad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She realizes just then. Mm -hmm. And Tuvok's mad. He's like, you can't take chances like this. Um, but they realize that they've got to wake up. And yep. so we go back to the bridge yep. and Janeway enters and Chakotay and the team, they enter. And then Chakotay looks up and he sees the moon. Mm. he's like dude that darn moon yeah so there it is tapping. again he starts tapping mm -hmm. but it's not working this time no it's not it's not working. no and uh and we, the doctor brings him out of it the right? doctor, isn't that what happens yeah we cut into sick bay and the doctor has brought him out of it and he realizes it's the tapping thing the lucid dreaming is mm -hmm. not working anymore doc mm -hmm. says maybe i can wake you up you know i can give you some medicine that will wake you up in the dream is that the animazine Animazine. The, that's the animazine. Yep, yeah, exactly. Or not even just wake him up, keep him alive. Basically. Keep him awake. Keep him awake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they devise a plan. Chicote's going to go down to this planet, and he does. He beams down to our cave set, which is still painted white. It's been white for a while now. Mm -hmm. uh, they painted the caves. Sometimes the caves yeah. were painted, you know, rock color. Sometimes they were painted ice color. Right now, they're sort of ice color. They're icy colored. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because they figured out that they because they were making this, you know, this, they, there's a there's a huge debate, not a debate. There's a there's a huge discussion of where where are these aliens then? Well, they clearly have to be someplace where they're going to be not detectable by sensors. So underground. And mm -hmm. that's where Chicote goes to find he them. goes goes underground and mm -hmm. uh, he he walks into a big opening and there's hundreds, maybe thousands mm -hmm. of sleeping aliens just laying on the ground. Skinny sleeping aliens. Skinny dinosaur type people <laughs> laying down, taking a snooze, uh, yes. all of them asleep. And then there's some technology in here as well. And we cut back onto the ship and Janeway takes control of this dream at this point. And the alien, you know, she storms past the ace. She's like, you can't shoot me. And they shoot at her 
and it goes right through and yeah. she's not afraid of them anymore because she goes this is a dream you can't no. hurt me no nope. and she goes in to free everybody in the cargo bay and then the the alien boss man says hey you know you may think that nothing's happening to you but your waking bodies are dying as we speak yeah and the longer we keep you in this dream you're just going to starve to death because you're not taking in any nutrition and you're going to die you know who else would have made a great dream skinny alien tall alien would have been doug jones doug jones would have been perfect for this role this feels like doug jones it really does yeah but they can't stop it and so we go back down to uh chakotay and doc's Mm -hmm. like you got to take your medicine but chakotay's like wait a minute i got an idea i can use this medicine to wake up these aliens Mm -hmm. and then get them to deactivate the generator so i'm going to give them this medicine doc but lock in a signal on my on my uh you know on my signal on my comm badge i guess comm signal and if you don't hear from me in five minutes blow this place up so send a photon torpedo right to these coordinates yeah yeah, he's like if if i can't convince them to turn off this generator and and wake everybody up then you need to blow it up and i'll die with it yeah and the doctor's like no and chakotay says that's an order very heroic very heroic i'm a hero (laughs) <laughs> so, he gives the injection to the one dude right the one, the one dude and as the dude wakes up we go back on the dream ship he disappears from he that disappears one. and so now yeah. the alien realizes oh yep, something's happening somebody's yeah. waking up my people mm-hmm. they've figured something out right and then as chakotay gave the medicine he was going five four three two and he drops his phaser well, he does say something to that alien. He's like, "Turn off the, turn off the, uh, the machine. You know, turn off yeah. the thing that's pr- transmitting their thoughts and their, what they're doing." And then he's, and then the guy's just shocked because he's awake. He has never been awake, right? Yeah. So then now Chakotay is like, Ugh, and, and he passes asleep. out. Yeah. So now Chakotay, because he's fallen asleep on this planet, yeah. he's he in this. Q dream. flashes into the dream. He Boop. flashes there into he the is. dream, and he basically tells the boss alien on the ship in the dream ship, he goes, "Hey, if you don't turn that generator off in five minutes." I got a guy on the bridge. He's locked in. He's going to blow that generator up and all your people. Yeah. And we win anyway. Yeah. So it's a game of chicken. It's a game of chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sure. I'll die, but we'll both die in our sleep. He says. Yes. Right. And so you see, you know, you see the guy thinking about it and then we cut to jump later on. He, he wins. Chakotay yes. wins and everybody's uh, all better. And uh, they've got some insomnia. We're in the mess hall. We hear a captain's log, I think, over this explaining that, you know, the crew's all back to back awake, but they're now it's the opposite problem. They were asleep. Wasn't and, it the doctor's log? Oh, maybe it was the doctor's log. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was the doctor's mm-hmm. log. You're right. Which we don't normally hear the doctor giving yeah. logs. So yeah. that was rare. Yeah. Yeah. Medical log. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, we're in the mess hall and Neelix is there and he says he's terrified that he won't wake up. He can't sleep because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to go back to sleep. Um, Paris and Harry enter all sweaty. And by the way, nice legs, Garrett. Nice legs in those uh, Star Trek shorts. Why, thank you. Yes, yes. We, uh, we were playing three hoverball games to try to wear ourselves out to go to sleep, we say. But there you are in your uh, space sneakers and your little shorty shorts. And you're sweaty too. I, you're, we're both in like, you know, workout gear, which yeah, you don't see that Which often we don't on, see. No. Talking about the hoverball games that we yeah. played. It was interesting that all the boys were hanging out in that scene because it reminded me of our boys, boys nights out 
in yeah. real life when we used to go have steak dinners together. Tuvok's wearing like, you know, like dr- formal wear or something yes. when he comes well, in. It's like formal what, sleepwear. Formal sleepwear. Well, it's interesting yeah. too because no, when, he, he, when he woke up in his dream, he didn't he have a shirt. Though. He was shirtless. But, but that was but dream, that's a dream. <laughs> dream world. Okay. Never mind. It's true. Okay. He just, he's very formal when he sleeps. Yeah. Formal underwear, formal uh, pajamas. But yeah. it was, it was a, I, so that's, we kind of end on this nice bonding moment of everybody yeah. kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. I really like this episode. I got to say. I thought, One to 10. I would give this an eight. I would give okay. this an eight. Yeah. Okay. I will also give it an eight, but primarily because of Andre Bormanis. Oh, Andre. I really think he did a good job with this. He script. did a great job. So I'm very impressed. Very I impressed thought, with that. Yeah. I thought this was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. Did you have a theme? I didn't I was going to wait for you to riff on it first because I'm a little conf- I was a little mm, kind it's of- a hard one I don't know that there's a theme or a lesson what yeah. I wrote down is I felt like this episode was a reminder that our subconscious reality is as powerful as our as the real world and our consciousness. I like that that uh, just a reminder it's not really a lesson but it's a you know just a mm. comparison of how powerful our unconscious is uh, it's equal to our conscious experience. So mm. I, yeah, because I was just going to say a funny lesson, which was sleep is good unless you're traveling through dream alien territory. Yes, that's, that's about a good. Yeah. That's a good lesson. <laughs> and so, if, yeah. if you run into a bunch of evil dream aliens, drink some coffee and don't fall asleep. Or don't sleep near an, ab- an Australian Aboriginal tribe yes. settlement. That's the yes. other. Uh, caveat yeah, there exactly i, I yeah i, I well, couldn't great. figure one out yeah well that was uh that was that was really fun i enjoyed it's that episode a fun a episode it was definitely a fun episode and you know what there's going to be some episodes where there really isn't going to be a lesson it's just going to be a fun episode and this yeah. may be one of those apps yeah. right okay yeah. but two thumbs up for me on this one you gave it an eight i'm really impressed with you because usually you you know yeah you, you're around the 6.57 maybe yeah i think our averages are six to six to eight and you know eight would be on the high end and yeah i, I gave a 10 out of 10 not not long to ago. mortal coil mm-hmm. yeah 10 mm-hmm. out of 10 i could not believe when you did that i was yeah. shocked i thought you were joking with me i'm not you joking. were not joking nope. you were really 10 out of 10 in that but eight out of 10 is still very good for this very episode. good yeah, yeah. I might even get an 8.5. I might give it an 8.5 because nice. of Andre again, because I'm so impressed with that. You yeah, know? it was really good. Because he's, yeah, that's not as well directed. It was, I thought Alex did some of his best work in here. Yeah. Everybody was good. Everybody was funny, which I love. I love when our show can have some humor in it and have some fun. And Agreed. This, one had, this one had tons of those little moments. I thought it Kate, had those Kate moments. It was great. Yeah. Jerry was great. Mm-hmm. Doc was great. Beltran yeah. was great. Everybody was great. Yeah. It was awesome. Everyone did a good job. And yeah. there were funny moments, which is something that you and I both love. You love it as a director, producer. I love it as an actor to see that as well. You know, um, yeah. Have some humor. You need yeah. to have that. Yeah. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for joining Robbie and I. And tune in next week when Robbie and I will be reviewing and talking and discussing and debating the episode Message in a Bottle. Oh, oh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think I have some thoughts about that one. We shall Do see. Already? I think maybe. Yeah. I didn't know that was next week. Okay. Message in a bottle. MIB. And not men in black, but message in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Everybody, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Cool.